Welcome to the Southwest Apostolic Church podcast. Southwest Apostolic Church is located at 3161 South Rowena Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46241. Phone number 317-227-0182. Give us a call if we can help you. Our services are Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. Sunday evening, 7 o'clock. Tuesday evening, we have prayer meeting at 7.30. And Wednesday evening, we have Bible class at 7.30. Our webpage, www.southwest-apostolic.com. You can find us on the web there. And you're welcome to any of the services. Uh, Our podcast will contain preaching from the pastor and other preachers. So without further ado, we'll get right into it. God bless. Verbs 20 and 7. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. And finally, Proverbs 19 and 1 says, Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Uh, I want to do a little illustration here, but I don't want to make a big mess. Okay, I'll do it this way. This bottle right now has integrity. The water stays in there. The bottle is what it's supposed to be, okay? Now there's a hole in the bottle. The bottle does not have integrity anymore. Okay? It's not holding, it's not doing its job. There's there's a flaw. Okay? I didn't make too much of a mess. It's just water. It's just water, Fernando. It'll be all right. <laughs> so that's what integrity is. Uh I got it all over me though. But like a, a can, you know, a, a can, if you take, if you take a, a I used, we used to have a customer, it was one of my customers right down the road here when I was working. It was the Gatorade plant. And they make these, uh, they fill Gatorade. They got these great big vats, they put the powder in there and they make Gatorade. And I was in there and they showed me how they made the Gatorade. And they fill the Gatorade bottles and the bottles are real thin. So what our job was, what we were there for was, as these Gatorade bottles are flying down the, the, uh, the line before they put the cap on them, right before they put the cap in there on them, they would have a, they got this system that dropped a drop of liquid nitrogen in there. And just as soon as that nitrogen dropped in there as a liquid, it was warm and they hit it with the lid, and that nitrogen liquid turned into a gas. And it makes that bottle real firm. So they could use a thinner bottle that still had, they could still stack it, because if they didn't put, the, didn't put that pressure in that bottle, then it wouldn't hold the weight. If they put this, you know, one crate on top of the other one, it would just collapse. So they were adding integrity to that. They were putting something in there that would make that bottle 
strong. And that's why people need to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because what we integrity we don't have and what failures we have, God makes up the difference with his spirit. Amen. And he teaches us and helps us to be what we need to be. So when you read about integrity, that's what I mean. In other words, if uh, you're doing the right thing and being what you're supposed to be gives you ability to perform and gives you ability to operate and be what you're supposed to be. Okay? Like if that bottle's supposed to hold water, as long as it's got its integrity, it does. But if it doesn't, it won't do right. So that's why it's important to do the right thing. All right, let's go ahead here. What are you willing to do for $10 million? In uh, James Patterson and Peter Kim wrote a book called The Day America Told the Truth, 1991. And uh, it says, they, I guess there was a survey. What are you willing to do for $10 million? Mm -hmm. Two-thirds of Americans polled would agree to at least one or some, and some to several of the following. Some of them said they'd at least do one of these, and some of them said they'd do more than one of them. 25% would abandon their church for $10 million. 25% would abandon their entire family for $10 million. I imagine some, you wouldn't have to pay them that much. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Some would become prostitutes for a week or more, 23%. 16% would give up their American citizenship for $10 million. 16% would leave their spouse. 10% would withhold their testimony and let a murderer go free. 7% would kill a stranger for $10 million. Then 3% would put their children up for adoption. A man, oh, let me see if I got my little doodad here, Brother Rob. Let me see. see it was working the other day. Did it work? Didn't work. Hang on. Huh? I got to get down here. Hang on. Never mind. There we go. Did you do that or did I do it? You did. Yeah. Hang on, I gotta stand down here. Okay. Bears, oh, we did that already, didn't we? Let me stand down here. Bought this thing junk on Amazon. <laughs> it is set 300 feet. I don't think it's 300 feet back there, do you? <laughs> Which way are we going? I don't think it's working 30 feet. A man's character is the outward expression of his internal values. Okay? And all other characteristics or traits are dependent upon the integrity to be of any value. If a man's faithful but lacks integrity, his faithfulness is no good. If a man is honest but he lacks integrity, his honesty will turn to dishonesty. If a man is truthful but lacks integrity, then someday his truthfulness will turn to lies. If a man professes to be ethical, but he lacks integrity, then the day will come that his ethics will become situational. Okay. 
Everybody's got to, you got to, there's something God puts in us and he wants us to have. And it's called integrity. All right? Let's see if I can figure this thing out here. Did do anything? No, nope, we're going to hit the right button. Okay. Hang on. We read those, so I'm going the wrong way, aren't I? Everybody say amen. <laughs> I think I'll go back to the old way of doing it and say, hit the button, brother Rob. The just man walks to see his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Webster's Dictionary defines integrity as an unimpaired condition, the quality or state of being complete or undivided, just like we showed you with the bottle, a complete bottle, complete, undivided, okay? The Bible tells us what integrity is. In the word, uh, the Hebrew word here comes, in these Proverbs, comes from the word that means this thing has no integrity. <laughs> okay? It has no integrity. Okay. It had, but you know what? It has integrity if I hit the right button. It does. The Hebrew word here comes from a word that means, like I said, completeness, moral innocence, perfection. Now let's talk about simplicity, uprightness, and adventure. Perfection in the Bible sense is not like we think. Perfection in the Bible sense is uh, like an apple. But there's a green apple on the tree, and you have a perfect little green apple, but it's not done yet. And then you have a more mature apple, a big red apple or a big Granny Smith or whatever. Okay, both of them are apples. One is more perfect or more developed than the other. But the other one is heading that way. So the idea of biblical perfection is to be having the right attitude and going the right direction, being sincere. The Bible talks about a perfect heart. That doesn't mean you're perfect in every sense. That means you're sincere and honest and you're trying to head the right way. That's all God has to have of anybody. Because we're not perfect. How do you know we're not perfect? We're not perfect. God's perfect, we're not. But our job is to try and to develop and mature. You know, a five-year-old uh, little baby, that little baby is born, it's perfect little baby. Not little toes and little fingers, you know, and it's perfect. But it's not It's not a 35-year-old young man or a young lady, not developed. But it's still a perfect baby. And as long as that baby develops, as long as it grows, and does like it's supposed to, then, then that's that it's everything's like it's supposed to be. You know, if it's like if somebody gets saved and they're walking, they're learning to live for God, and they fall and make a mistake, they get back up and they keep going. But eventually they should not be making the same mistakes over and over. Because if a baby's learning to walk, eventually he will fall. Anybody remember your kids falling, busting their nose? Or, and they will, and people will make mistakes, but the idea is you keep going. Because eventually, now if you're walking down the street and you're 35 years old, you've just fallen over, that's, that's a problem. Right? Yes. 
So if there's no integrity and nothing there holding you up, you know, then that's a problem. So that's what the Bible says when it talks about uh, perfection. That's what it means. The high priest had to walk in complete truth. Okay? The 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 integrity integrity determines the outcome of the venture. Okay, the deal, the art of the deal. There's no integrity. How many of those we're living in the world doesn't have integrity? I mean, people lie, they'll cheat. But God doesn't want to, God loves it. How many of those, he makes things to work? You know, when Adam was, I was talking to Brother Favor today. Could you imagine the mind Adam had before he sinned? Could you imagine, didn't the Bible say Adam named all the animals? Brought all the animals to Adam, all the species. And they, Adam named them all. And who knows the ability that Adam had when, when God made him, he made him with integrity. He didn't, he didn't make him with flaws. I mean, no sin is what brings the flaws. Sin is what hurts people. Sin is what destroys people. Okay? And it's a lack of integrity. If, if people don't realize when they let sin in, if they let if they let a let their bottle get a little hole in it, it won't work. That's why in a family, if there's problems in a family, if somebody's not doing right in the family, that brings in things that it, it brings a hole, it puts a hole in the situation. And if the family can't operate or the the business can't operate, or you know how many businesses. What what is just the other day? I was reading about this uh, Bitcoin deal, that FTX or whatever. Billions of dollars just disappeared, and they said uh, that this young guy that was running it, he's in Bahamas, I think, and they said that they're going to extradite him here, but they're saying they shifted millions of dollars. They put them in different accounts or. They found, I can't remember the phrase they used, they found uh, accounting irregularities or something. <laughs> they used to call that uh, creative accounting, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so that's what we're talking about. And God loves, and okay, we're talking about loving what God loves and hating what God hates. We're talking about principles to build your life on, okay? And making sure you have a life of integrity changes your life. It makes you, it'll, it'll keep you, see. Jesus said, the man that hears these sayings of mine and does them is like a wise man. He builds, he builds his house on the rock. When the rain comes, the storms come, the house on the rock stood still. You know what that means? That house had integrity. It was built on something. It was, remember the three little pigs? Puff and puff and blow your house down. What were they? One was brick, one was sticks, and what was the other one? Straw. You know, you don't have to build your house out of straw. You don't have to build your house out of sticks or whatever. I think that's what it was. You can build your house out of something solid. That's what God, aren't you glad God offers something solid? You see, that's what God offers. God, God offers something. Living for God, you're going to gain more than you lose. Now you might lose your, you might lose your addiction. You might lose your, you know, your sinful people around you. You might lose a lot of things, but you're going to gain a lot more than you lose. 
Amen. You have a lot more money. How much they take cigarettes nowadays? Nine bucks? Oh, $16.99. eleven dollars max, probably more. Probably more than that for some of the name brands, right? Um, American Spirit Drugs. Almost eleven. Almost 11. Okay. So you can lose that. You lose for God. You'll lose that. Then you have eleven more dollars. You can buy eleven or twelve polar pops with that. Seventy-five cents if you use your Speedway card. So <laughs> that means you can have eleven days worth of polar pops. You gain your polar pop and lose your the other. Okay. So that's God's got something to offer. So we're going to look now. The Bible says uh, the high priest had a thing called uh, uh, the high priest had a thing called his breastplate. It was called the uh, Urim and the Thummim. It was two. It was a, a thing they wore and had stones on it. And one of the parts of the breastplate was called a. It's T U N M I U I U M. Calling on it, yeah, the yeah, the Thummim. The Thummim. Probably translated, it's used as an emblem of truth. The high priest had to walk in complete truth okay they had to wear that that's and wearing something is like living okay you know the bible tells us to put on uh, put off different things that's using language like clothes and then it tells us to put on certain things you know love and all like putting on a jacket or putting on clothes so this priest was wearing this thing that meant complete truth, and that's where they would go and they would pray, and God somehow they uh, would give them direction when they would pray, and the high priest would seek the Lord. It was through this Urim and Thummim that the will of God was revealed to Israel. And in our lives, if we expect to know the will of God, then we must walk in integrity, okay? Which is... Uh, I already said that already, didn't I? I'm going backwards. See, I got to stay right here by you, Steve. Okay. Okay. Just as the high priest was clothed to do his service for God, so are we clothed. Just like I told you, the Bible talks about wearing things. But then in the, in the New Testament, Ephesians, it says... Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Put on the whole armor of God that you can have integrity, that you can stand, that you can make it. I want to make it, don't you? Yes. I want to go all the way. I want to try, if I have to live until I die and then the rapture comes after I die, or if the rapture happens before I die, I want to make it, don't you? Yes, and living for God is serious business. It really is serious, serious business. And it's not something to take lightly. It's not something to just let roll through your life and not pay any attention to it. I can tell you some stories, okay, in my own family and uh, tragedies and different things. And, and, uh, 
if people would stay with God, let me know if that makes a big difference on the outcome. Your life can be different if you live for God. Okay? Sometimes people go through tragedies. Now that you I mean you have tragedy living for God, okay? Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of things that happen because of sin in people's life. That if the sin wasn't there, if the hole wasn't in the bottle, it wouldn't lose the water. Okay. So he says, take on this whole armor. Put this armor on that you might be able to withstand. That you might last. That you might still be there 20 years from now. Because how many knows? That's the will of God if he carries if we're sitting here, Brother Fernando's here, Lord Terry's, we still like Fernando still be sitting there 20 years from now. Yeah, right? I mean, he can move if he wants to. He can sit over there. You know. <laughs> but we, Brother Steve got the Holy Ghost a couple years ago, and he hadn't missed the service, and that's the way we like for it to be until Jesus comes, right? Yeah. And we're growing and learning about the Lord. Sister Robin back there got the Holy Ghost, got baptized, God brought her some joy, and we like to just see her keep coming and keep coming and stay until Jesus comes, and that you might be able to withstand, okay? Might be able to last, praise the Lord. That's what it's all about. Making it all the way. The race is not to the swift. The Bible says the race, he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. You've got to make it to the end. And that's what we're talking about, okay? You can have a, you can be a flash in the pan. People can make money and be a flash in the pan. You know what I mean? They can make a lot of money. Bitcoin, you get the next thing you know, billions of dollars just disappear. Or stock that what was that guy's name? Bernie Madoff or something like that? They had these they the people they get these investors and the next thing you know, people give millions of dollars and the next thing you know just disappear. Okay, and that reason that happened because somebody didn't have integrity. <laughs> we was working with a man in opposition, Brother Danny, and his name was Dennis. Dennis said, Brother Young, I got a chance to get this job. And I said, well, he said, I need you to take me out there to this interview to get this job. And I said, where are you going? He told me. I said, Dennis, you probably have to have a high school education or a GED to get that job. He said, that ain't no problem. I said, you got a GED? He said, no. He said, I'll have my friend make me one. <laughs> you know, that, that might last for, they might, he might get by with it for a month or two months. And then, but when they find out that his GED was manufactured, you know, show time's over, play time's over, see you later, you know. So that's why when you try to do right and have integrity and do things, you've got to make plans it with the with the uh, with the long run in sight. Everything's not short sighted. You can't base everything, you know, like cash right now. You know, everything's dependent on what you got right now. You got to think about, you know. These people that live these lifestyles and just run the streets and wheel and deal and do drugs and whatever they do and make money and they got money. Well, where are they going to be when they're 65 years old? Are you with me? What are they? They're not building anything for the future. 
That's why it's important. If you do things the right way, when you hit 65 or you hit 70, then you might be able to withstand and you might be able to not end up on the street and you might be in a position to have a little something, even if it's just a little apartment or, or something. But a lot of people end up on the street and they end up in these bad situations because they don't have the integrity and they're not thinking long term like they should. And we need to think long term. Even, we're waiting on Jesus. Some people, I've heard people say, well, I'm not worried about making my kids go to school. Jesus is coming. Well, that's foolish. You know, you've got to live today with long term in mind. He said, occupy till I come. So you've got to think ahead. So you've got to have integrity. Think, think with the big picture, not just the right now picture. Because you can make money right now. You can do a lot of things right now. You can have things right now. You can have pleasure right now. Okay? But it, it ain't going to do you no good 20 years from now. Or 40 years from now. But integrity, he said, withstand. In other words, standing. Still standing after the rain comes. And still standing when the devil hits you. Still standing when the, when, when the storms come. Because you've got something called integrity. And the Holy Ghost gives us integrity. If you was a liar before you get the Holy Ghost, you'll quit lying if you let the Holy Ghost lead you. Yes, Isn't that right? Yes, so he said that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. He said, having done all to stand. That's the whole idea. Stand, ha therefore having your loins girt about with truth. And having a breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod. Did that say anything about the helmet of salvation? Huh? No, does it? Having done all stand there for us to have your loins heard about the truth, having breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, feel shield of faith, wherein you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. There it is. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Okay, so let's go through this, this armor real quick. Are we doing okay? Yeah. How's our, our little button going to work here? I think I got the right one figured out. The girdle of truth. I mean, aren't you thankful to know the truth? Yeah. I mean, really, when we know the truth. We, we have some now, we don't have every bit of truth because we don't know everything about God. Apostolic folks act like they know everything about God, but we really don't. We really don't. We know a lot. And we know a lot about His Word. And we have a, we know enough to be saved, and we know enough to really have salvation and have the truth. I'm glad for the truth tonight. Yes. Amen. I'm glad for baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm glad for the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad for the righteousness of God. All those things. All right. The girdle of truth. Okay. The girdle of truth. We're still talking about the girdle of truth. Okay. It must be protected so that it's not damaged. We need to pass truth. One generation, everything we know can be gone. Every look at our world. What's happened in the last... 20 years, 25 years, one generation, what, 40 years? So the good things that we have, the truth that we have, 
okay, can be lost. Okay, and this this girdle of truth, you don't want it to be damaged because it doesn't have. If it's damaged, if it's not, we want to pass it along and protect it so it's not damaged in the process because if our girdle of truth is damaged, it loses its what? Integrity, right? It won't work. It won't work, okay? So, let's go ahead. Okay, what did he say next? He said, uh, he said it went blank, what he said. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the shoes of the gospel of peace, okay? Praise the Lord. My whole thing just went completely. Aren't you glad to be in the church tonight? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. We're just trying to enjoy it here and uh, learn about some things. Praise the Lord. Okay. Where'd my little thing go? Okay. Here we go. All right. Here we go. The shoes of the gospel of peace. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of peace. By having our feet shod with it means that this gospel goes wherever we go. So that means that means that we are to walk in peace with those around us. Okay, and then we have the shield of faith. See, I can't even get away from Steve. <laughs> Hebrews 11, 6. Does that work? But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let me tell you something. If the devil wants to destroy anything, he wants to destroy your faith. He wants to put holes in your shield. He wants us to doubt God, does he not? He wants us to doubt. He wants us to be confused. He wants us to doubt whether we can really be saved. He wants us to doubt the word of God. He wants us to doubt. You know why? Because if he can put holes in that shield, he can get to you. But if your shield has integrity, if your shield... Your shield does not have holes in it. Then if, you, if your, your shield is good, you can withstand the fiery darts of the wicked, the Bible says. And how many of the devil shooting darts all the time? He's firing all kinds of darts. And he'll try to mess with every one of us. Okay? So we've got to have faith to please God. Because without faith, it's impossible 
to please him. And he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith has a purpose. You've got to get back to Steve again. Praise the Lord. Get up near here. Faith has a purpose. It really does. <laughs> yeah. Above all, taking the shield of faith, like we already said, that you be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. That the devil will find. You can get the Holy Ghost and was on the way home just tell you you didn't get the Holy Ghost. He can tell he'll lie to you. The devil will lie to you. He will lie to you. He'll lie to you in a minute. <laughs> so keep your shield and keep your faith and don't let him get any holes in it. Okay. And the helmet of salvation. Alright. The helmet of salvation is. Man, my thing jumped all the way to the last lesson. Must be trying to hurry me along here. The helmet of salvation. There we go. Without your helmet, your head is left unprotected, right? The head is what? It's the seat of your knowledge and your understanding. Head is the seed of knowledge and authority. Praise the Lord. Where are we at here? This thing's making me nervous. It has no zero integrity. It's going back to Amazon. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. So remember, the helmet of salvation. Without the helmet, your head doesn't have any protection. And let me say, the mind is where the devil works. You know, the mind is where he tries to get us. He'll get us discouraged by talking to our mind. He'll lie to us in our mind. But that's why when, when a person really gets salvation and they, they get baptized and they really repent and they really get the Holy Ghost, how many knows the night you got saved? You know. And when you really know something in your mind, you, you got it. You know, once you learn two plus two is four, you got it. Brother Matthews used to say that's why he wanted to get an education. That's why he got his Bible degree. was because if you get an education, that's one thing people can't take away from you. Once you have that knowledge, once you have that understanding, they can't, they can't take it away from you. Okay? So that's why we say, <laughs> the Bible says, make your calling and your election sure. If you got doubts about whether you got the Holy Ghost, you know what to do? You just keep praying until you get so much Holy Ghost, you don't have no doubts about it. Amen. You just pray until you get enough Holy Ghost, you know you got it. Amen. You can, that old song, or as Ralph used to sing at the West Side, I know that I know that I know that I know that I know, or something like that. You know? But I'm going to tell you something. When you really get the real deal, you know you got it. Amen. So that's talking about the helmet on our brain, our mind, okay? Our knowledge of salvation is what provides and protects our spiritual authority. Without this protection and assurance, 
we are prey to, go ahead, Brother Rob, false teachings and deceptive guidance. Okay. You know, they came to, they say they came to GTA Haywood and told him, you know, don't follow after this new teaching, this Holy Ghost thing. And that when they came, they said, it's too late, I already got it. Amen. When somebody tells you you don't need the Holy Ghost, you say, oh, too late. I already got it. Praise the Lord. I already got it. I know what I got. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I know what I got. Amen. And when you do, that gives you a certain authority. Okay. It gives you a spiritual authority. You know what you got. So nobody can take it away from you. You know what happened to you the night you got the Holy Ghost. You know what happened to you that night. You know what it was like. Somebody said I went to a meeting one night and my heart wasn't right. But something got a hold of me. I'm glad something got a hold of me about 40 years ago. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul has been satisfied. Praise the Lord. I haven't been perfect, but my soul has been satisfied. That place in my heart that was only God can satisfy has been satisfied. And I know it. You can't take it away from me. I was there when, anybody remember that old song, I was there when it happened? And I guess I ought to know. That's an old one, isn't it? I was there when Jesus saved me. The very moment he forgave me, he took away my heavy burdens and he gave me peace within. Satan tried to make me doubt it, but I'm going to shout it. I was there when it happened and I guess I ought to know. Amen. I was there when I got the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Woo, hallelujah. I was there that night. Praise the Lord. I was there when God cleansed me. I was there when I know it happened without me, without the shadow. I could take you to the very spot. How many could take me to where you were when you got the Holy Ghost tonight? That's right. You know why? Because you know it. Don't let the devil get in there and tell you you don't know what you know. <laughs> That's the way the world works. We know stuff and they want to try to tell us we don't know. Or we see things and they want to tell us we don't see them. <laughs> things are happening and they want to tell us it's not happening. Okay, where are we at here? Yeah. Next, hit me. I like this better anyway. The sword of the spirit. Many of the elements of the Christian armor are defensive or protective in nature. Not so with the sword of the Spirit. It is a weapon of warfare. God did not just intend for us to live in a defensive posture, but be to also aggressively counter the enemy. Amen? Aren't you glad you can pray in the Spirit? Praise God. You can pray in the Spirit and you don't know, the Bible talks about groanings and utterings, and you don't know what you're praying about, and you don't know what you're really, you don't even know what you're saying, but the Bible says the Spirit makes intercession for us because the Spirit knows what we need. Amen. The Spirit knows how to attack. The Spirit knows to go how to go out, and the Spirit knows what to do. I said the Holy Ghost knows what to do. God knows how to do it. Praise the Lord. Amen. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. Amen. God can drive out the adversary. 
And the adversary will try to destroy us. That's why we need to pray together, bind together, and say, devil, back up out of here a little while, praise the Lord. Back up out of here. And we do need to pray, Southwest, right now, because the devil's hitting us pretty hard, ain't he? But how many knows we can pray about that? And we can take some offense. We don't have to be on the defense. Amen. We can go out there and say, Lord, help us. Praise the Lord. We can pray in the spirit and let God work on the situation and let God do what needs to be done. Praise the Lord. And that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's why we don't ever want to get to a place where we're not preaching the word of God. We don't want to get up here and read People Magazine. Hallelujah. Is that still out there? I don't even know if it's still out there or not. Or Motor Trend. Or, uh, I don't even know. You know, what's, <laughs> what's the one they used to have all the popular mechanics? Popular mechanics can treat, teach you a lot. But I'll tell you what, it don't have the power that the Word of God has. Yes. Praise the Lord. It don't have the offensive weapon, the w power that the Holy Ghost anointed Word of God has. Praise the Lord. I'm glad for the Word of God. I don't know about you, but I like good preaching. I like Holy Ghost, apostolic, red-hot preaching. Amen. You can have all the singing you want. I like good Holy Ghost singing, but that don't do too much for me. But if I go to a service and the preacher is in the mind of God and the will of God and he's preaching the Word of God, it does something for my soul. Praise the Lord. Amen. Because it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And it cuts and it moves and it does and it divides and it takes offense, praise the Lord. It's not on the defense. We don't have to be defensive about the Word of God. The Word of God stands on its own, don't it? I don't have to take up for the Word. The Word's going to take up for itself. Heaven and earth shall pass away, Jesus said, didn't he? But my words will never pass away. Don't ever be afraid to stand on the word because that's where the offensive power's at. You know, you got a helmet on's defense. You got your breast, you got your breastplate, that's defense. You got your shield, that's defense. But the sword, that Holy Ghost anointed word of God is an offensive weapon and we need to get together and use it. Praise the Lord. We need to pray in the spirit. I like Fernando. I notice sometimes in prayer he'll, He'll get up here and he'll pray and he'll, he'll be reading his Bible. That's a pretty good thing to do. Quote your Bible. Read your Bible. Pray your Bible, somebody said. You know, read those Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. Tell the devil, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Praise the Lord. God's on my side. I think we need to realize, children of God, that God is on your side. Praise the Lord. God is not against you. God is for you. Praise the Lord. And not only do we have defensive weapons, we've got offensive weapons that come and have been given to us by God that we might withstand. Now, we don't want to fast and we don't want to pray, but that's the word we got. That's what we got. And if we use it, I believe it'll make a difference. Amen. All right. It's a weapon of warfare. Go ahead, Brother Robert. Let's see where we go here. We'll be done here in just a minute. Praise the Lord. All right. The helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness. Okay, go ahead. Give me The breastplate's position denotes its significance. 
It's right here. Okay. It was designed to cover the upper torso of the body. And when positioned correctly, it covered your vital organs. Okay. It covers your vital organs, the heart, the lungs, which are the source and the sustenance of life. If, you're, if there's no breastplate of righteousness, if there's no breastplate, you're wide open. Okay? You're wide open. And let me say, you see, if there's no righteousness in your life, if you're not living a life of integrity and doing your best, not that we don't make mistakes. Sometimes we say things that aren't right. We don't mean to. In life, I'm not saying that. But I'm telling you, when you're trying to do the right thing and you're trying to position the breastplate of righteousness, it'll protect you. Amen. It'll keep you alive. It'll protect your vital organs. It'll keep you from being destroyed, you see. So not lying's not just not to lie. Or not stealing or whatever. It's not just to not do that. But the idea is to have the breastplate of righteousness. Have that do right. And because the, there's righteousness is a guardian for your life. Okay. It'll keep you. I remember Brother Urshan's funeral. And I remember, I think it was Brother Mooney that said, I went to the funeral. And they were, you know, packed house, 50 preachers, and I think all of them said something almost. Seemed like. Not all of them, but there was a lot of preachers. But Brother Mooney said something. He said, Brother Urshan lived a life without one hint of a scandal. Not one hint. See, because years ago, there was a man in this town, was a big pastor, big bishop in this town. And there was rumors around that he was messing around with a woman. Okay. Well, I don't know if he was or not. I've heard different stories about whether it came out where it wasn't true and he was just, he was just accused. How many know the devil will accuse you of stuff? You can be accused. You can, people can claim that you're doing something you haven't done. And if you've got a life behind you to back that up, it's going to be a hard time convincing some people that you did wrong. I don't know about that. I have a hard time believing he's doing that or have a hard time believing that she's doing that because I know them, praise the Lord. And So that, that breastplate of righteousness is a pr protector. And Brother Urson, he said he lived without one hint, no hint of scandal. Nobody accused him of nothing. You never heard anybody. And there's a lot of people like that, men of God. They live their life, and you don't hear no scandal. You don't hear. You know why? Because they had their breastplate of righteousness on. And that didn't take them out. When the devil tried to lie on them, send things in their life, they didn't get past that breastplate of righteousness. And they could, because when you're wide open, right here, you're open, your heart. Something hits your, then you know one accusation or one different thing can take you out. It can just, one thing, one moment or half an hour of pleasure or whatever can destroy a whole life. 
and destroy a whole family just because they let one arrow get past the breastplate of righteousness. And it put a hole in them. They lost their integrity. They lost what God had given them. Ministries. There's <laughs> People just lose because the devil gets in there or they let something get past that breastplate of righteousness. It covers the vital organs, the heart, lungs. Without this critical piece of armor, okay, go ahead to the next one. Without this critical piece of armor, the individual, an individual could be mortally wounded with little effort. If somebody's living a half-hearted life, and they're not living right, and they're trying to put on, and everybody knows it, well, it don't take much to take them out, does it? One little lie, one other little lie could take them out, or one little thing of truth could take them out because people say, well, yeah, I know them. They, you know. So that's why it's important because our life, your, your integrity, your name, your, what's the word I'm looking for? Your uh, respectability, your reputation. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You want to be known as somebody that tells the truth. You want to be known as somebody that does good. You want to be known that somebody that turns their back when they try to give you a bribe, you turn your back on it. And you want to be known as that, praise the Lord. You want to be known like that because it'll keep you alive. Uh, go ahead. Next one, Brother Rob. We must guard our very existence with integrity. Every, every thought, our word, our deed, our actions must be governed and dictated by the fact we don't want any holes in our jar. You don't want your life to lose water. You don't want your life to lose its sustaining power. You don't want your life to leak out. You want to keep your life. The Bible says that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's his job to put a hole in your life. It's his job to take your integrity. It's his job to get it to where you can't be and do what you need to do. And he knows if he can put a hole in there, eventually your blood's going to be gone. Are you with me? And that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to be empty. He wants you to get down and just be a crumpled mess of nothing. That's what the devil wants to do. Right there. And people don't realize that God has given them the ability to hold water and to be and to do. But sin and the devil puts holes and it gets past this armor that God has given us or the ability to put this armor on. And, and, and the devil wants to just crinkle us up and spit us out. 
I feel that, and I can... I want to tell you a personal story, but I really don't want to either. Listen to me. You're in a place tonight. We're all in a place. This little church here, this church is here so that if somebody comes in and they have a flaw, God can fix it. Humpty Dumpty's fall off the wall. But how many knows God can put them back together? God can take a life that has been chewed up, spit out. See, God can bring you from that. And that's where the devil wants you to go. When you follow sin and you do what you're not supposed to do and you know what God wants you to do and you keep going against what God wants you to do and you keep doing this and you keep doing that, all you're doing is adding to that. That's all you're doing. You can live like you want to live, do like you want to do. People can. But there's a way to live that you don't end up as a crumpled heap on the ground. You don't have to be a crumpled heap on the ground. It's not God's will for anybody to be a crumpled heap on the ground. God wants you to be strong. Make sure the lid's on there, good. <laughs> And hold and keep that oil in there and live and be what God wants you to be. That's why you need to let some things go. That's why we let things go. That's why we don't hang on to sin. That's why we don't hang on to the world. Because the world and the system. I, uh, I was reading, I told you before about Elvis Presley. And fame from the time he was 19 years old till the day he died at 42 years old. He had been famous from the time. And I don't mean just like some people get famous for a year or two. This guy was at the top of the heap for 20 plus years. And this world ground him up, used him up and spit him out. And I'll never forget, I read the Time magazine when Elvis Presley died and they had a picture of the big Elvis, you know, the big bushy sideburns and the overweight Elvis, not the good-looking Elvis. And the, the caption said, bloated and bewildered. And that's what the devil wants to do to people. He promises life. He promises this. He promises pleasure. 
Let that, you don't need all that. You don't have to do that. You don't need that breastplate. It ain't that big a deal. A little bit here, a little bit there. It's not a big deal. But it is a big deal because if you let it pass, it'll wipe you out in no time. Yeah. Amen. Uh, uh, maintaining integrity. I'm going to fly here. Okay. Okay. Listen to this, then I'm going to close. Okay, it, this goes on. Scientists now say that it was a series of slits, not a gigantic gash, that sank the Titanic. The opulent 900-foot cruise ship sank in 1912. Of course, you know. 1,500 people died. The most widely theor held theory was that the ship hit an iceberg which put a big, huge gash in the side of the liner. But an international team of divers and scientists recently used sound waves to probe the wreckage buried in the mud under two and a half miles of water. And what did they discover? That the damage was surprisingly small. Instead of a huge gash, they found six relatively narrow slits across six watertight Holds. Small damage, invisible to most, can sink not only a great ship, but a great reputation. Uh, flip down Proverbs 4.18 real quick, Brother Rob. Go ahead. We pass all, I'm going to pass all that. Go ahead. It'll be Proverbs. Yeah, there it is. Go ahead. Read. The path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more Unto the perfect day. Go ahead. Our pathway, just as men is to as just men is to be a pathway seen as a shining light to those around us. Okay. And there's rewards. <clears throat> there are rewards to integrity, but I haven't got time to go through all of them. So put on the whole armor of God. Get right with God. Put on the helmet of salvation. Grab that shield of faith. Put on truth. and Put on the breastplate of righteousness because you'll be able to stand. I'm, if I was 20 years old, you see, when I was 25 years old or 23 years old, popping pills and quaaludes and, and meanie greenies and, and blue tips and reds and all that stuff, and some of them all together, you know, Six, eight quaaludes at a time. I wasn't thinking about being alive 20 years after that. I wasn't thinking about where am I going to be when I'm 45? Where am I going to be? No, you see, we just live for the time, the being, and we don't think about our future, and we don't think about where we're going to be. But God says, wait a minute, I want you to have integrity. I want you to last. I want you to have a good life, a good long life. Come on, somebody. A good, holy life, a good, pleasurable life. Not end up, not end up on a sidewalk somewhere. You see, this is serious to me. You know why? Because I had a half-sister. And you know where they found her? She got... And, and I could give you a lot of the backstory, but you know what happened? They were doing heroin and she overdosed and they drove her along and threw her on the yard. Threw her in the yard and left her lay there to die. 
You don't have to be that way. And that's the way the devil will do you. He'll chew you up and spit you out. And the next thing you know, you missed out. My natural mother was dead before she was 35 years old. My adopted mother was dead before she was 40 years old. Her sister didn't barely make it to 40. Okay? This is real now. Sin's real. And God says, I got something for you. I, got, I can give you integrity. I can give you strength. I can raise you up and make something out of you. Hallelujah. I can give you a life that you'll be proud of. Praise the Lord. But don't choose to be a crumpled up bottle on the floor. Let's stand. Psalms 26, David chose to live a life of integrity. Here's what the Bible says about David. It says, from following the ewes, great with young, he, God, brought him to feed Jacob, his people. And Israel, his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart. And guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. That's talking about David. He was king for 40 years. You know why he lasted? David said, I don't want no liars on my cabinet. I don't want no cheaters hanging around me. I don't want no guys playing no flim-flam games around me. And you know what happened? God used him for 40 years to be the king. And everybody still talks about David to this day. And that's what God wants for everybody. I said, that's what God wants for everybody. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, talk to our hearts tonight. The altar's open. Anybody want to pray? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Integrity is more than just not being deceitful or slipshod. It means doing everything heartily as unto the Lord. Amen. God bless you tonight. We'll see you Saturday. Uh, staff meeting, then we're going to work a little bit, and then we'll see everybody Sunday morning. And as soon as we find out about uh, Rita's uh, arrangements, we'll let everybody know. Put it on Facebook or send out some text or something. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Southwest Apostolic Church. If we can help you, we will. Give us a call, 317 317- 227-0182 send us an email swac3161 at gmail if we can help you we want to God bless thanks for listening